You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So on this All Saints Sunday, we are remembering loved ones who have died. We light our candles, we sing for all the saints, we read the names, and we remember. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Revelation. It's one of the suggested readings for today from the Revised Common Lectionary. And you'll hear that reading in just a minute. But I almost wish you could hear it without knowing that it came from the book of Revelation. Because sometimes when we hear the book of Revelation, we have all sorts of associations with that book, some of which may not be necessarily very helpful. The book of Revelation has a lot of cultural baggage with it, um, partly thanks to Hollywood and probably thanks to some more extreme branches of the Christian church, which um, focus on certain passages and maybe overly dramatize them um, to make people afraid. In a lot of ways, the book of Revelation was written for the opposite reason. the time of persecution, when early Christians were being jailed and tortured and killed. And the book of Revelation, with all sorts of symbolic language, was written as a way of understanding the history and helping people to have a sense of hope in the midst of a time of horrible despair. So it's in that light that we... Um, that it's good to study and look at the book of Revelation. We're just going to look at a little bit of it today. And in today's reading, you'll actually hear um, several, several themes, good, good news um, coming through in the book of Revelation. You'll hear about salvation. Salvation is coming for people. Somehow, some way, God's going to save the people from this dire predicament in which they find themselves. You'll hear about a multitude of people, the sense that salvation isn't just a a, a limited crowd. You'll hear, hear about all people, all nations and languages and tongues, the sense of God's radically inclusive love for all people. You'll hear about life, life in terms of no more tears, no more hunger, no more scorching heat to destroy people. And then finally, you'll hear through the reading a sense of of, of moving through the hard times, moving through the valley of the shadow of death, if you will, moving through the, uh, the great ordeal to a time of hope, that God's leading people through challenging times. Hear all that in this reading. That's actually, there's a typo in the bulletin. It's from chapter 7, not from chapter 9. Um, listen for God's word from the book of Revelation. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? 
I said to him, sir, you are the one that knows. Then they said to me, then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Thanks be to God for the words of Scripture. While the vast majority of us, as far as I know, have not suffered the ordeals that early Christians suffered in terms of torture and the like, we do have our own ordeals. We certainly have our challenges, and one of those challenges is the reality of death and the grief that we have missing loved ones who have died. So on this All Saints Day, we acknowledge that ordeal. We acknowledge that grief. We acknowledge that sadness as we light the candles, as we sing, and as we remember together. And we do this in part because of the reality that grief takes time. Grief isn't something you can just wrap up in an instant, or a week, or a month, or a year, right? It takes a lot of time. And in our frenetic and impatient world, sometimes we're encouraged to get on with it, to move along, (laughs) to stop feeling so glum about everything. Well, grief doesn't work like that. If you look at the Bible, the book of Psalms, big book in the middle of the Bible, 150 Psalms, maybe 40-50% of them, depending on how you classify it, deal with lament, deal with the reality of sadness and grief and hurt. So our our prayer book, sometimes the Psalms is called the prayer book of the Bible. A lot of of grief in there, a lot of of invitations to acknowledge the reality of grief grief. So we value this day. We value this time to remember our loved ones, to give some space to to light candles and to cry and to remember and be sad and maybe laugh at the same time and, you know, all those things, to lament. There's a poet by the name of Donna Ashworth, and she has a well-loved poem reminding us that grief is not a one-and-done thing, not something that you can just package up and be done with in a short period of time. Um, Not something you can just check off your list if you want to. And she writes in this poem, You don't don't just lose someone once. You lose them over and over, sometimes in the same day. When the loss, momentarily forgotten, creeps up and attacks you from behind, fresh waves of grief as the realization hits home. They are gone. Again, losing someone is a journey, not a one-off There is no end to the loss. There's only a learned skill on how to stay afloat when it washes over. Be kind to those who are sailing this stormy sea. They have a journey ahead of them. I just read part of the poem. I actually saw it again this week. Megan posted it on her Facebook page as she's processing the death of her mother just two weeks ago now. Grief is a journey, and we need to recognize that. We need to acknowledge that. It doesn't mean we wallow in it, but it needs to be named and claimed, and sometimes we forget to do that. So I'm glad that we have this opportunity on All Saints Day with our candles 
And as we do this, we somehow trust that God will lead us through this ordeal, this great ordeal of grief and the, the hard, hardship of life. Some of us, you know, all of us experience grief. For some of us, it's really powerful and poignant when tragic death happens. So we need to make space for that. And as we do, we want to remind one another of the promises of God, the scripture that gives us comfort in times like this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. We are people who believe somehow, some way in the gift of resurrection. The apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans that nothing, neither death nor life nor anything else in all creation can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus. Not even death can separate us from God's love. It's good to remember that. And we remember how Jesus offered blessings to people who were hurting, and he said, blessed to you who are mourning, you will be comforted. So the comforting comes. We hear these promises, we join one another on the journey of grief. As we reflect today on life and death and the journey of faith, I want to tell you about a young man, a teenager, and his grandmother, Sam Crow, and his grandma, Peggy Winkowski. Sam um, and his friends are at a high school in St. Louis where, because of their scheduling, early Wednesday morning, there are no classes. So they have a delayed um, start time for class on Wednesday morning. So Sam and his friends decided, hey, let's go out for breakfast. They started going to a diner on a regular basis for breakfast on Wednesday mornings. After apparently a few times at the diner with less than ideal food, apparently, Sam thought, hey, my grandmother makes really good breakfast. Let's go over to her house. He asked her if it was okay, and then they showed up the following Wednesday. A tradition was born. Sam and a few of his high school friends would show up at Grandma Winkowski's door every Wednesday morning and enjoy breakfast together. Sadly, tragically, in July of last year, of 2022, 15-year-old Sam died in an automobile accident. Grief set in. Everybody was devastated, obviously. Well, some of Sam's friends went to visit his grandma to make sure she was doing okay at the same time that she was starting to worry about his friends. So they were trying to comfort and support one another through the summer. When the school year started again, she, grandma, reached out to the friends and said, you can still come for breakfast if you want. And they did. And then they brought their friends. And before long, there were 20 to 30 kids showing up at grandma's little house for breakfast on Wednesday morning. It's a beautiful story, right? They showed up and they're there. Families and local businesses started donating supplies when they heard about it because, you know, kids can eat a lot. I look at that one picture on the right and think, are those kids going to eat all of those donuts here? Boy, oh boy. Glad they don't come to Covenant. We wouldn't have any donuts left. Just kidding. You can come to Covenant if you want. No, it's was, it was, it was just a wonderful story. And the people donating food and the kids come together. She lives in a small house and she's caring for her husband who's dealing with Parkinson's and dementia at the same time. So it's wonderful to see this caring happening in the time of grief. Um, Grandma says, it's just a tiny house, but it's got lots of love in the walls. So she makes pancakes and, and bacon and eggs and waffles and more. Local bakery donates all those donuts so the, the, the guys can eat them. Um, 
And having this sort of ritual of coming together Wednesday after Wednesday gives them space and time to take care of one another, to acknowledge that reality of grief. One friend says, it feels like he's there with us. It's something he enjoyed doing, and we're doing it for him so we can continue his memory. Another friend noted, for everyone who had the opportunity to know Sam and need somewhere to grieve, it's a great place. Apparently, sometimes the kids just show up at grandma's house, Peggy's house, during the week at random times. Like on the, on the right side there, they're there on a Saturday night, gathered around a fire pit. Little flames reminding them of a loved one who's gone before them. In the article about this from Washington Post, Grandma Winkowski wisely notes, we will never get over Sam's passing but we can get through it together. Friends, we don't have bacon and eggs and pancakes here at church. We do have donuts down the hall usually. And right here on the table, we've got the simple gifts of bread and juice, food to nourish us, to remind us of God's love, a meal we share together as we continue the journey of life and love together. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for all the candles that are flickering in this sanctuary, for the lives that they represent. We remember our loved ones. We thank you for them. And we pray, God, that you would give us strength and comfort and guidance as we continue our journeys. Help us to take care of ourselves. Help us, help us to look out for each other. Feed us with fellowship from one another. Feed us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation. Give us the strength and the faith we need to continue our journey as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.